This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, deucers? Before we get started with the show today, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you, that's right, you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is, you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month. And I can tell you that that's a deal from ex- the experience of being an independent podcaster. It's the wild, wild west out there, people. Blue Wire Hustle, it's a steal at 15 bucks a month. The same rate, it's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you and you wouldn't get any of the other stuff. It would just be the initial setup and then you'd be left on your own. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. But here's the thing. Acceptance to the program is limited, and that's in all caps, so you know it's limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description in the description box on this episode to find out more, and I'll have a link there, but that's bw, bw, the word hustle, dot, com slash join. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for Thursday, February 25th, Alex. 11.46 p.m. on the East Coast. It is 11.46 p.m. on the East Coast, as Alex just said. Hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully we make it through an episode without Alex freezing in the middle of it. But we know, we know that at least the strategy is I'll just keep talking until Mm -hmm. Alex finds his way back to us. Are we good with that, Alex? Yeah, we're good with it. It's probably going to happen because I, I thought about texting you. I just streamed the games for the last couple hours. No problems. So, oh, Jesus. Well, now it's definitely going to happen because yeah. you just said that. I know. I was going to text you that, and then I was going to jinx it, but now I've jinxed it already. So Yeah, well, speaking of jinxes, I have a jinx that I believe happened tonight that we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, we're going to go through all the games. As we're recording, the Lakers are getting butt-smoked by the Jazz. They're down 23 with three, a little over three minutes left in the third quarter. So we'll see uh, if I have to do live reaction at, like before, if they come back, but I don't think that's going to happen. They look, well, it's a combination of things. The jazz look unbelievable and the Lakers have looked bad since AD got hurt. So we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, the second half of the season schedule was released. Uh, I haven't really gone through the games. I know like, the schedules i know people are saying like winners and losers and whose schedules are easy there is i do have one thing from an article that i read i think it was the espn article about it that i find interesting so we'll go over that later and the t wolves excuse me the nba coaches association released a statement about the t wolves situation mm. so which i which is good I'll, I'll read that later uh but first obviously we got to do our you know top shot update I am officially a Top Shot owner. I am the owner of one Mike Conley NBA Top Shot that I bought for $27. And I am now officially all in on the Utah Jazz going to the finals and Mike Conley winning finals MVP so I can get rich. 
Yeah, I'll root for that. I'll root for that. I am a proud owner of a second player now, Joey. I bought a TJ McConnell one. Um, How much money are you throwing at this thing? <laughs> Godly. I mean, so I during this move, I um my last month's rent was paid, and then my first month's rent was paid in the deposit. So it was almost like I didn't have any rent to pay. Um, so definitely not the most responsible decision making, but I own TJ McConnell making a nice pass now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The thought I actually remember, I it, the purchase remember, is related to a question I want to ask our guy if we can get him on here, but it has to do with the challenges. Have you dived? Have you dove into the challenges? Uh, I, just, I actually just got an alert from the uh, NBA Top Shot Discord about mm. tomorrow's premium pack drop. God, we are all in on Top Shots. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day that our lives change forever yeah. when this premium pack drop happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know how this thing works, just Google it. Cause I don't, right. honestly, I would give you the details, but since we've never gotten a pack yet, I don't want any of you in there. Exactly. I want as I'm, few people as possible. I'm worried about flooding the market. If all of our listeners go, we're not going to be able to get any packs. Like, yeah. That's a good point. It says, please refrain from depositing funds in your dapper balance for the sole sake of potentially grabbing one. Not everyone will be able to score one with uh, the demand. We see around this feature drop. Good luck. Makes sense. I, yeah. Well, you don't have to have money in your account to get it. You could just yeah. Pay. You think... just have to have a card connected to your mm-hmm. account, and then because that's what happened with Mike Conley. I I just had the card. I didn't have twenty seven dollars in the the Dapper account. I just mm-hmm. paid with my card. I think people don't realize that, and people that have been in the queue are worried that you know if they can get that's it, what they're going to be screwed. Yeah. Oh, I was the first the first drop that I was in the queue for. I was worried. Yeah, it's like I don't even have money ready, mm-hmm. but I'm ready. I'm ready for yeah. tomorrow. I think tomorrow's gonna be a big day for us. Me too. I think tomorrow's potentially life changing. Potentially, yeah. Every day can be life changing if if you make it that way. If you have an outlook, oh, like homeless, homeless would you make it? You like to see homos naked? Homeless would you, you know? <laughs> I don't know it. I don't know it. <laughs> Guy likes to see homos naked. It's Joe Dirt. Ah, Joe. Uh, it's a good movie. Okay. All right, should we talk uh, about things people actually know what we're talking about now? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like our listeners, if they if they listen to the sh- if someone's listening to the show, they probably somewhat enjoy our Top Shot talk. Top Shot is sweeping the it's sweeping the nation, mm-hmm. sweeping the world. So you got to talk about it. This is an NBA show. It's the biggest NBA thing going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're sort of like plotting our way towards this stupid All Star game. So Ugh. Top Shot is more important. But yeah, we could talk about basketball. Uh, so the Lakers are still getting beat up. They're down 26 now. Uh, so let's talk about the game that actually just ended before we started recording, which is Phoenix-Charlotte. Now, I have an interesting take on this game. Charlotte beats Phoenix 124-121. The spread in this game was like nine and a half or something because Phoenix has been rolling. And Devin Booker finished with 33, which at first glance, you're like, oh, that's, that's a really good game. 13 to 24, four for 10. No, no. Now, I might be biased on this because I bet that Devin Booker would score 34 points. So you are biased. There's no might. I might be biased on this, but but I think there was an anticipation that because of what happened yesterday, that he got snubbed, that Devin Booker was going to come out and have like a 50-point game, at least a 40-point game. That was my thought. But LeBron James jinxed Devin Booker, and he jinxed the Suns. When he tweeted that Devin Booker is the most disrespected player in the NBA yesterday, he immediately became not the most disrespected player in the NBA because the best player on the planet and one of the most influential athletes in the history of sports told his 50 million followers that Devin Booker is the most disrespected player. So he immediately becomes not disrespected. So instead of coming into the game, with a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder, Devin Booker comes into this game with 
the validation of the greatest player to ever play basketball. And to pile on top of that, he was named uh, the replacement for Anthony Davis. So he is an all-star. So it's Adam Silver's fault too. So 33 points, great. Cool, 33 points. 35 points, you would have won the game. No, actually, you wouldn't have. They lost by three. 36 points, you would have gone overtime. 37, win the game. 40, there's no question. But he didn't get 40. He got 33. Uh, that's a pretty elaborate theory he got going. Do you think it's like an advanced? I believe in sports karma. Not a religious it's... person, but I believe in sports karma. Is this like an advanced chess move by LeBron James because he knows the Suns are the real deal and he's trying to, you know, ease would... Booker into a sense of security, a false sense of security, so he can smash them in the playoffs? Or If this is the beginning of like a huge losing streak for the Suns, we will be revisiting this theory. Okay. Now, I they shouldn't say, have lost this game. They shouldn't have lost it. this game at home against uh, against the Hornets, who have not been playing great. They gave up 124 points to the Hornets. Can't lose this game. Can't I gotta say, I game. think you've completely buried the lead here, which is Malik this Monk. Game. Malik Monk, 29 points, absolute stud. No, I'm not talking about the Hornets yet. We can talk about the Hornets. <laughs> I, just, I just love Malik Monk. I just love him. I know you do. I know you do. Uh, so, actually, yeah, we can talk about the Hornets because that's all I had on the Suns. <laughs> well, Booker – and oh, here's the thing. Book had 16 points in the first quarter. So, really, it is a disappointing game. Yeah. When you open with 16 points, you finish with 33 and you lose. Mm-hmm. That's a little – that's disappointing. It is, especially when you, you bet him to get 34. Yeah, but a lot of people probably I think his actual I think his actual over under was like 27. Hmm. I juiced it to like 34 because a little yeah, a little odds boost, a little yeah, yeah. Well, he wouldn't have won much at like 27 yeah. was not like a good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, so yeah, Malik Monk played good. He does this, this is like a once a week thing for him now where he just goes off randomly. I feel like yeah. they should. I feel like they could probably get some value for him if they wanted to move him. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're up. And, I mean, he's still super young. I would just ride it out. So, I mean, this could be a, a six man. Yeah, Devontae Graham is not playing right now, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much that impacts him having more playing time consistently. But sure, my takeaway from this game was that at the end of the game, Lamelo Ball was the guy. Every yeah. possession. It was just him. It, he was the, he was their go-to at the end of the game, which is just another evolution of what he could potentially become. And he turned the ball over in a really crucial situation, but he also had a couple possessions where he just drove by whoever was guarding. One time it was Jay Crowder, another time it was Chris Paul. Like they just couldn't stop him from getting to the rim. He's he's a good basketball player. Yeah. No, that's what I that's what I want to see from him is more aggressive in the scoring department. I mean, there's just no doubt he's just an unbelievable passer and he does everything you want on the stat sheet. But 20 points and beating a really good team. I mean, that, those are the type of games that start to change my perception. I, mean, of I think he's doing that more than you realize. I just don't know if you realize. I just don't know if you're paying attention to LaMelo Ball because you hate LaMelo Ball. I don't hate LaMelo. I mean, he's not even out. He's averaging 14 and a half a game. I don't know. I just I like it. I, I like seeing him be a little bit more aggressive down the stretch. Yeah. In the game that matters, you know. Well, for a team like this, every game matters because they're they're on the outside looking in. In, in a game where you're test you're yeah, you're playing a, a very good team. Since January 30th, he's averaging 20 a game. It's good. It's good. Good for Lamelo Ball. That, that's yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's a little better than 14. That's mm-hmm. what you wanted to see. Yeah. So that I, mean, I, that I, means I, he's been doing it for a month. Sustaining something that I that like. That means to he's see, been that. doing it for a month. We're, one of our more passive yeah, aggressive arguments. Maybe, maybe get your, maybe get your glasses checked. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I see it happening. What? Oh, the freeze is coming. No, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm good. I, all right, we'll see. It's just a matter of time here. Your audio still sounds good, but I see the freeze coming. Uh, let's talk about, well, let's talk about the heat because okay. Miami wins, won their fourth in a row. Eight out of their last 11 now. They're all of a sudden, they're a seven seed. They beat the Raptors tonight, 116-108. Uh, 
they are suddenly seventh in the East and a game back of fourth in the East. Like I said, they've won eight of their last 11. And since February 5th, when this eight of 11 started, number one defense in the NBA. They are. You love to see. They are playing. We were teetering on the panic button. Teetering. We were right above it. I think we were. Yeah, we were right. You may have have grazed it with your hand. I think I said there was panic and Mm -hmm. it was happening. Uh, Jimmy Butler had a great game. Closed it. It looked like he wasn't going to have a great game scoring the ball. And then he finishes with 27. Uh, Goran Dragic came back, had 15. That's good. He only played 20 minutes, so they'll ease him back. Tyler Hero still didn't play, but they're they're about as close to healthy as they've been. They still don't have top. Best defense in the NBA over the past month or so. No Avery Bradley still. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero has been hurt. They're starting to look now. Again, I'm not going to ever stop this. I'm going to shame Kelly Olenek until the Heat make a move for a four. He is now four for 34 from three since the start of the West Coast road trip. My God. Well, it just sucks because, like, heading into the season, Harkless was supposed to be the guy, and it just failed. It just failed so bad. Yeah. And so you, it's not like they went into the season wanting Olenek to be the starting four. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, they got to make a move. But it's really nice to see them like get on track here. Did Siakam get hurt? I see he only played twenty four minutes and he had five points. He had four fouls. That might have been part of it. I don't really, I don't think so. But I don't remember. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I missed a good portion of the first half. Hmm. But um, I'm just looking at his number. Like it's, it's a horrible yeah. game for him. And you know, and, well, and these two he's, teams. Well, he's starting at the five, and he's having to guard and be guarded by Bam. Yeah, Bam, who had over the last couple weeks has taken his defense, not just, I mean, he's, he's been a great defender, but now he's like an elite defender. I mean, after what he did to LeBron James, Pascal Siakam's no, Pascal yeah. Siakam is nothing. The second best Cameroonian player in the NBA, Pascal Siakam. Joel Embiid's well, first. Uh, just, oh, I forgot that Joel Embiid. I was thought I was for some reason I was like Luke Luke Mbamute is not in the NBA anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, so the the Raptors have now lost two in a row. They they had won. They were playing really good. Not that they're playing bad. They lost to Philly and they lost to Miami. So, but since they went to the small ball, this is the first little slip. Yeah. Uh, another good thing for Miami here is Kendrick Nunn not getting the shot attempts that he was getting on the West coast, but still seven assists. That's a big deal for them because as guys get healthy, he's not going to get the volume shooting and he's got to be able to prove that he can contribute to that team in other ways. And now I think he had nine assists last game, which was a career high and then seven assists in this game. So that's, that's, that's really big for them. If he can be a legitimate, not just like a, six man scoring type, but like a legit point guard mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. then Tyler hero doesn't have to run the point all the time. It doesn't always have to be Jimmy Butler. They have another guy in addition to Goran, who is up and down because of his health. Yeah. It's good. He's been, he's really emerged as a big piece for that team. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up their schedule. Like if they can continue this into the, uh, also well, they're net, they play Utah next and then they have two against Atlanta and then they play new Orleans. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, look, Utah obviously is going to be a very tough game for anybody in the NBA at this point, Atlanta, who knows they will talk about them in a second. They played well tonight, but, it, but they beat Boston who looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are both really winnable. And then New Orleans is up and down. Like New Orleans wins games, but they also, they're all, they're like the 28th ranked defense in the NBA. So I would say three of those four are pretty winnable. Utah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I guess point. Utah is winnable. Any game's winnable, but you know, you don't go into this Utah game expecting to get a dub, mm-hmm. but if you can, you know, if you could go into all-star break, having their eight of their last 11. So if they win three of their next four, it would be, uh, 11 of 15 to heading into all-star break. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think Maybe it's 11 one of the, 14. I, th- I think it's 11 of 14, but, or, or did you say win three of four? I said win three of four. Okay. Then you're right. Yeah. Your math checks out then. Come on, dude. You're questioning my math. Your math is, isn't, 
It's 100% accurate on the show. How often do I do math on the show? Not very often. It's not really a big math show. I know. I'm good I'm just, with I'm good with like quick adding anything past that. <laughs> that we're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we, we can move past the math. I don't know. I feel like people may want to hear us talk about math. Probably not. But if they do, leave a comment. Rate, yeah, some, review, subscribe. Hey, hey somebody leave a comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about anything. You want uh, to talk Brian, about by the way, Brian, Brian was pumped and he did listen to the very end of the wow. show yesterday and texted me and he was very happy about it so now That's this crazy. is the second day in a row he's getting his name mentioned amazing so. uh so see i think miami this is their offense still not great but defensively five of those eight games they've held their opponent under 100 points that's, that's crazy big. that's really big it's a crazy number in the nba crazy number yeah so Good stretch of basketball for that for that team. Speaking of the Pelicans, Zion another uh, another thirty point game tonight. They beat the Pistons one twenty eight one eighteen. Stephen Adams is back, and he did something really funny. Do you know what a kip up is? No. Like it's like in you know like in wrestling, like professional wrestling, when a guy's like on his back. And then he like pushes, he like kicks his legs in the air and like, like yeah, gets, yeah, gets yeah. back up on his feet. Oh, that's what that's called. Yeah. That's what oh, okay. they, that's what they call it in wrestling. I don't know if there's like another word for it, but that's what they call it in wrestling. He, he like, I don't know if he took a charge, but I saw a video of it and he just like acted like he was going to try and do it and just like kicked his legs out. It just didn't go and just didn't go say, and just didn't if, go anywhere. <laughs> if he was capable of doing that, that'd be unbelievable. At like seven foot, probably yeah. close to 280 or something. It was pretty funny. Uh Kim, I don't know if this is his first game back, but he had a double double. Uh and Zion just continues. Well, bounce back because Zion's last game, I don't think was great, but 13 of 18, 32 points. I was very, I was, a, I'm still a proponent that he maybe didn't necessarily deserve because this team is not good to be in the all-star game, but I guess now it doesn't matter because Booker made it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that there wasn't any like other horrible snubs in the West, right? Oh, uh, well, there's a, there are a lot of people questioning, like, how does Brandon Ingram not make it if Zion oh. made it, but you can't have two guys from a non-playoff team. Right. And Zion's leading the team in scoring. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. But Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year, and his numbers are up across the board. So yeah, it is a true. legitimate question, I think. Yeah. But where are the do – I, I don't know if the standings pulled up. Where are they right now in the West? They're creeping, right? Like, they're creeping towards potentially um, – I mean, that win's going to go towards – they are 14-7. and seven. No, they're still three games back of the eight seed. So, Well, yeah, well, they suck. They stink. <laughs> Uh, who who else? What, what, what talked about Atlanta? We can go maybe move to that Atlanta Boston game. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you want to talk about Gallo, huh? I did. Well, this game, like, there's a few things to talk about in this game. Mm-hmm. Atlanta me, wins. Just, Atlanta wins one twenty seven, one seventeen. For you, it's what? It just seems like one of those games for the Celtics where, like, when it rains, it pours. Like they're not playing well, and then they run into the Hawks, who literally couldn't miss tonight. Um, they were 23 or 42 from three. And like, I watched the highlights and like, they're just hoisting up like 35 footers going at like Boston had no shot tonight with the way the Hawks were shooting. Um, and they've got major rim protection problems. So, I mean, this, they had no shot tonight based on the highlights. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the, this sort of reeks of a team. Like, remember I said, it's going to get start to get pretty ugly as we hit the home stretch for All-Star. The ball, the Celtics, this game reeks of a, of a get us to All-Star break now. Yeah. J- Jason Tatum, four for 20, 13 points. Jalen Brown, 17. That's got to be one of the few. I don't know because I, I didn't check it, but it's got to be one of the only times this year that they both played and neither of them scored 20. They're averaging 26 each. Yeah. So I bet you it is the only time uh, this year. This team also, by the way, since Danny Ames said they're not a championship team, they're one and three. Hmm. They've, and they've now lost three in a row. 
I said it last night. I think Sports a major, karma, baby. <laughs> I think a major move is coming. I was trying to think like I don't know what they can do though. Like I don't know what where the money is. I, unless like unless they're able to unless they want to trade picks and young players and and I guess the only player that makes enough money to go out and get an impact player is Kemba. And I don't know that many teams are going to take Kemba right now. Yeah. I think if you do Kemba and like a, and a first, and I know their first isn't that valuable. I think you can get a a piece that really, that makes the team look different, you know? Yeah. But Um, you probably have to throw in like Peyton Pritchard. I don't think, well, it depends on what you mean by major, but if you mean major, like a stud, to, to uh, yeah, no, not necessarily stud, but I, I just mean a stu- like a new guy for the starting lineup for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, they're probably waiting on the buyouts too. Yeah. Which yeah. now, what does that mean? Like, would Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond or Boogie really make that much of an impact on this team right now? No, I think they need somebody with m- more of an impact than than those guys. Like this team th- is rough right now. They are, but I just I still think like I think they they turn this around. I'm still heavy on, on Boston being a contender in the East. Um, I don't know. I think Blake Griffin does help this team a lot potentially. Um, and, and I don't know, sorry. I thought you froze for a second. It threw off my whole groove here, but uh, I'd like to see Blake Griffin. Go I, did, here. I, I froze with it from that stupid take. No, yeah. I just, you went, you actually, you froze, but you like in real life, you froze. Yeah. The internet feed was fine. It's Maybe just because that, that take was so cold. It froze me. Mm, got it. <laughs> Tatum and Jalen Brown are just too good for them to be this like mediocre of a team. Like this is a really good team in my opinion. And they are currently the nine seed in the East. Woof. Couldn't have, couldn't have predicted that at any yeah. point. Right, I think they, I think right they behind get right the soon. heat, right behind the heat, who are That's the eight seed? Crazy, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but maybe something will happen for them during All Star break. I just don't know what the move is because of mm. the way the roster. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I would take Marcus Smart. Are they willing to give up Marcus Smart? I would think not, because it seems as though this bad stretch has correlated pretty directly with him not playing. Mm-hmm. And he's hands down their their anchor on defense. I think he's more valuable to that team right now than Kemba. Even though when Kemba plays well, they do tend to play well. But he does. I think he has more value than Kemba. Right well, now. that makes sense because what Kemba gives you in terms of scoring, you have with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But I mean, well, I, I also was- think his contract is less money, and he's known he has an elite skill. Kemba doesn't have an elite skill anymore. Mm-hmm. Kemba is a high level scorer he's not an elite scorer there was a point a couple years where he, you could call him an elite scorer he's not that anymore uh he's in the right role as like your third best scorer on a team but marcus smart is a defensive player of the year candidate like he's that good he's an all nba first team defensive player so he has more value and he makes way less money so i think yeah. they're if they're going to make a move, he's their most valuable piece other than the guys who are obviously not going anywhere. And I think Peyton Pritchard's got some value. You love like, Peyton Pritchard. I like Aaron Naismith. I'm, he's good. He's good. He's that's good. part both, of the reason they're why. Good. They're both good. Yeah. I just feel like this team's going to look different by by playoff time, and, and they're going to be back in the fold. as. A, well, I mean, when your GM is openly saying we're not a championship team, <laughs> yeah. every team's goal is to be a championship team. So clearly something's coming. Yeah. You would think what a prick. I, I wonder, you know, I think like some of these old school guys, like that was probably his way of maybe like, like sub- subtly, like motivating the team. That didn't work. Yeah. It's probably had everyone like looking over their shoulder, honestly. Yeah. Well, it's supposed because they know he's never been afraid to pull the trigger on mm-hmm. a deal, you know, especially if you're the starting point guard. Yeah. And I think about basically that. Like, don't buy a home in Boston if you're a starting point guard. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, we got to go to the, we got to talk about this OKC game. Yeah. I feel like I owe that guy that tweeted at me yesterday an apology. <laughs> After Shea goes for 42. Best game of his career tonight. 42 points on 13 of 20 from the field, 6 of 11 from three. I mean, he just, I, I thought this game was a lock for the Spurs. I actually bet it. Um, 
and at a, at a parlay, but so I didn't win it. But Shea just dominated, mm-hmm. which is absolutely dominant. So maybe you can hit that guy up on Twitter and say, I'll apologize to you about Shea if you apologize for calling me a casual. He didn't call me a casual, different guy. Oh, I thought that guy, I thought you got called casual by that guy too. No, I got called casual by another guy. He said, do you even watch the games? Oh, yeah, you should get Actually, he may have said, do you even watch Thunder Clips? Which is a weird way of asking (laughs) (laughs) about it. You've seen Uh, every game those teams have played? (laughs) Well, I was going to respond like, uh, listen to the podcast. I watch a lot of basketball, but yeah. you're, and it was on the podcast Twitter account. So I want to be like, you are responding to an NBA podcast. That's five days a week that talks about every game in the NBA. But anyways, I digress. I don't know. Do I owe this guy an apology? Nah, fuck him. Yeah, it's true. Great game for Shea. I, DeMar DeRozan um, didn't play. How could I have known DeMar DeRozan wasn't going to play? Couldn't have. No possible way. We got a Lou Dort. Did you see the uh, game the, winner? I'm, Sam Presti probably almost fell out of his chair in anguish. <laughs> no, I mean like in a bad way. Like, like what? Like why are we getting our thirteenth win of the season? Oh, like, I thought. What like, are you doing, Lou Dort? Like, oh, low paid players. Oh, shining. <laughs> no, oh, oh. no, he's it, Sam Presti didn't think this team had was going to sniff thirteen wins, and they've got it by the. Well, you know, do you want to know a great way for him to to not win games trade Al Horford he's so damn good he's having he's playing as he's playing his best basketball since he was an all-star in seven in 2017-18 it's not even close he's playing very very good basketball he he had the assist to Lou Dort he drove to I saw it yeah it was was a drive and kick by Al Horford seven assists he's averaging 14 a game and he's I mean this game 16 7 and 7 I get it. Three years at the money that he's getting paid for a 34-year-old is not great. It's actually very – it's not – It's very bad, actually. It was terrible when he was on Philly. It's a lot more acceptable the way he's playing right now. And any championship-level team, if you could Honestly, afford him – Would Kemba <laughs> would Kemba and Al Horford work money-wise if you just traded those two players? Why would OKC do that? Well, you'd have to – Boston would have to send a pick for sure. And we know they like those. Oh, my God. If Sam Presti's listening right now, he is fully torqued. Just <laughs> He's already about. drafting up an email to. He's like, How do you think they negotiate? It was, like, that was, it was the quickest recovery ever. <laughs> you can watch the Lou Dort highlight. He was like, oh. <laughs> and then he heard you say draft picks. He's like, boing. <laughs> you like that? Give me Kemba Walker. Yeah, oh, like that. Draft picks. Oh, oh, oh. It's just tucking it up into his waistband. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no, that's not how I feel about draft picks. <laughs> Um, what were you saying? Oh yeah, Kemba for Al Horford. I I mean, I think I think Kemba makes more money, but it's at a point where you can, yeah, it's ne- it's it. negligible with like throwing other pieces in. So mm-hmm. that would be that would be that would be that would be awesome. I mean, not for Kemba. That would, would suck, suck for Kemba. Kemba. Um, but I will tell you what, you want to talk about a fan base who would absolutely love Kemba. Mm, there is yeah. no fan base, on, at least on social media, like this OKC Thunder fan base. These people, I know, they, they are it. they are obsessive about this shitty team. <laughs> like there are these like fan accounts that just will tweet, "I love this team." That's that's it. That's the yeah, it's like I got I saw a tweet today. I was like, I don't even know why do I follow this guy. And I was like, oh, he's an OKC person. He tweets about OKC, and his whole tweet was just like, "I love this team." Good for him. That's I truly how I felt about the Sixers when they were absolute dog shit. And like, uh, I remember that. Oh, I was going to, I meant to bring up earlier. Like, do you remember back then when we were working together and I would always tell you, like, TJ McConnell is the best point guard on your team? Yeah. And you I would get really that. angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I wasn't in a great place back then. So. <laughs> uh, I don't think either of us pretty fired up. I don't think either of us were, but hey, yeah. uh, I wasn't entirely wrong, was I? And now I'm buying top shots at TJ exactly. McConnell. That's what I mean. That's why I was yeah. going to bring it up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, Horford there would, I guess for Kemba would make some sense. Although, yeah, I don't know that Horford is the piece that puts uh, the Celtics over the top, but he definitely makes them better. Yeah. He definitely makes them better. Uh, I don't know who else. Like, I, I just don't know what team has the money to make that move. 
with we, the, or yeah, or a guy making that amount of money that they want to get rid of, you know. I just I wonder sometimes too, like OKC, if your goal is to not is to maximize your draft picks, would you put would you consider just buying him out? I guess no, he makes way too much. He's not he in the makes, last year's like, deal. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be a hell of a buyout. Yeah, couldn't do that. I don't know, but he's playing really good basketball. Some team could absolutely use him for a playoff run. Yep. Any not some team, really any team. Except uh, the Sixers, because we know that doesn't work. <laughs> well, no, yeah, yeah. Not the Sixers, <laughs> but any team that has it that's like hasn't already tried it. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about the Clippers and like Luke Kennard because they paid him a, a decent amount of money and like Nick Batum. Like, could they like piece together some of these? Actually, let me I didn't even think like could they piece together uh some of those like Zubots? Who cares about him? Like you got Serge Ibaka. The Zubats is fine, but like, could you do? Oh no, Canard only makes five million, so that wouldn't work. Hmm. Pat Beverly makes thirteen million. I'll do that. Zubats makes seven, and Canard makes five. That's twenty-five million right there. I think I would do that if I was the Clippers. And then you've got Serge and Al Horford to presumably try to handle Anthony Davis in the playoffs. And then you can throw Reggie Jackson into the starting lineup, who is arguably better, at least offensively, than Pat Beverly right yeah. now. And then Lou Williams will play a lot at the point. And then you're and then in when you have two stars like Paul George and Kawhi, they end up running the point a ton anyways. Right. And so. those are like why do you need Pat, Pat Beverly's only real attribute is his defense, and you've got two of the best wing defenders already. And he is going to lose you a game in the playoffs. He stinks. By doing yeah. something stu- getting teed up making a dumb play like he's going to lose you a game or two in the playoffs he's a liability and he makes 13 million dollars is too much for him Mm -hmm. and i remember when he signed that deal everyone was like this is the steal this is one of the steals of the offseason 13 million for a guy who a three and d guy like pat beverly that contract is aging very poorly you know 13 million is not a ton of money in the nba anymore (laughs) that's how bad pat beverly is now at least in my estimation i don't know how clippers fans feel i'm sure they like him but i think he stinks and he's a scumbag uh quite the tangent there but he is he is he is yeah no no by the I'm way t- i'm just talking you know, about we started this on oakland on the thunder spurs game and now we're talking about it well the clippers didn't play we're talking about him trading the clippers yeah but but since we're on pat beverly i don't know if you saw this because we didn't get to mention on the other day when he fouled jeff green and hurt him mm-hmm. i saw a video afterwards after the show of him mocking jeff green i saw that but i had the tv on mute i literally saw that and if i had my dvr set up i would have gone back that was i i didn't want to call him out on it on the podcast because i wasn't sure but i know the exact moment you're talking about and i was no, like, it was he, he was like he was like holding his shoulder yeah yeah, yeah. He, he's a prick yeah the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. You know who's not a prick? You ready for this transition? Mm -hmm. Zach Levine's not a prick. Yeah, that guy. Zach Levine, really good. Zach Levine every night just continuing to establish himself as obviously one of the most talented players, but one of the closers in this league. He's just another 35 tonight. The Bulls beat the T Wolves 133, 126. By the way, I don't know if I said it, but OKC beat the Spurs 102, 99. I think you did. Yeah. Uh, Chicago beat Minnesota in overtime, in overtime, 133, 126. Uh, Zach Levine goes for 35. I I just, I think this team is so ahead of schedule. They're playing so good. You know what the absolute number one indicator of that is, is their record against the spread is outrageous. Vegas has no feel for this team. They cover the spread again. They're now 20 and 12 against the spread, which is outrageous. Like if you, if you just bet the bulls against the spread every night to start the season, you, you'd be up huge. Um, yeah. And and that really is, to me, an indicator of a team that's ahead of schedule, because Vegas doesn't know what to do with, with the Lions in this team. Yeah, they're fifteen and sixteen now. They're the sixth seed in the East. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have 
no way. I, 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 I was very adamant at the beginning of the year that they were a year at least away. I believe I mentioned I was bullish on Chicago this year. Yeah, but that's because you're like kind of attracted to Laurie Markkinen. He's not even playing. <laughs> kind of. No, I'm outright attracted to him. <laughs> He's not even playing. The, you know, no, so they have young pieces. No, they do. I, I, they I do. I, I, I told you, I said it last time, ever, like in their last win, this is a scary team for somebody having to play them in the playoffs. Yeah. Like right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing Milwaukee in the first round. Chicago versus Milwaukee in the first round. They're, I'm watching that. They're series. like 45 minutes away from each other. Yeah. Take a bus to that game. Oh, uh, that would be a fun series. It really would. Who's guard? Who's stopping Zach Levine? Nobody. Drew, I guess, would guard him. Yeah, try. I mean, yeah, then he could try. I but Zach Levine can score on anybody. I really believe that. Drew guarding Zach Levine, Thaddeus Young, and Patrick Williams guarding Giannis. The Bulls getting back on defense so Giannis doesn't have a good game, dude. Billy Donovan knows. Billy Donovan yeah, knows. He does. If you know, listen. If you you think there's something you know, Billy Donovan doesn't know. Billy Donovan knows. There isn't. Except maybe about like video. Guy, get, you're I talking about a two time national champion. Okay, yeah. Billy Donovan. I can't even reference. Can't no. He is a two-time. Uh, yeah, one okay. back-to-back I, national championship. I know. Beat Villanova in Elite Eight. I think. Almost cried. I can't believe I'm even bragging about that. I can't believe I'm like boast boosting that. He's. I was. It's like a miserable time for Florida State. Yeah. Florida was winning everything. <laughs> well, Florida State's eleventh in the country now. Bet you didn't know that. I haven't watched a second of college basketball. Either way. Right. Either right. I just I've bet on it here and there. I no. follow Florida State. I haven't watched any of their games, but I know they're really good. Hmm. They have a kid who's probably a lottery pick, Scotty Barnes. Go Florida State. I've got nothing. I, I can't. I can't contribute. I'm happy for Florida State. Yeah, go, let's go, Coach Ham. Let's get that national title and retire right off into the sunset. And you know, he'll never retire. He looks like he's like 50. I don't know if yeah. the last time you've seen Leonard Hamilton. He's like 70 nope. something. He looks 50. Jake, good for take him. Take a look, when you Jack. Uh, that's another tangent. Uh, what game are we talking about? Oh, the Bulls. Bulls, T-Wolves. Yeah, T-Wolves. Rough start. Rough start to the Chris Finch era. Mm-hmm. 0-2. Can't, can't. I'll, I'll be interested to see, like, what, like, what is the expectation for this guy this year, right? It has to be, yeah, it has to be a Better than what they were doing. Well, it has to be a legitimate expectation because they axed Ryan Saunders without his two best players. So, like, they expected something out of Ryan Saunders. So, yes, but they also, I guess, expect this guy to be the future coach. They gave him a multi-year deal. So, is yeah. there is there a leash? Like, you know, know. it's a debacle. Yeah, it's not good. We're gonna get into that in a second when I read that quote. Which the statement's not mind blowing. I just it's good that they released a statement. Uh, the cat's still playing well. Anthony Ed- Anthony Edwards is I mean, he's volume shooting, but he's still playing well across the board. Yeah. I love that kid. I love that. I just want to see him succeed. To be honest, I, I like some of the other guys on this team, but I re- I just I really like him. I want him to I be do well. Too, yeah, I'm. So, I really like Malik Beasley too, man. He is. He's yeah. Sport. Other than like the gun charges and all. Right. Know, well, the house arrest. It, it happens. But he's you know where he went to school. FSU, baby. He's a you, knoll. You got damn right he did. Yeah. Got damn right. Uh, what other games are left that we have not discussed? Oh. Houston, Cleveland. Yeah, Houston. It's just – what I mean, there's not a whole lot to be said about them. What's this now, eight in a row? Uh, I yeah, I guess – I think – Nine in a row, They maybe? were 500 when the skids started. <laughs> They're now 11 and 19. When Christian Wood got hurt. I think they're st- – I'm pretty sure they're no, they still were- – yeah, they were one game over 500 and now are 11 and nine. They've lost nine in a row. They, it's the longest losing streak in the league. Only, I mean, Sacramento has lost eight. And I think Sacramento is in a much worse spot, to be honest, because yeah, because they're Sacramento. They, they don't have, well, there's nothing there. Like Sacramento, this team was supposed to be a borderline playoff team. It's not like they have a bunch of assets. Like these young guys are their young guys. Yeah. Houston is totally rebuilding. So there's, but that being said, this just sucks. I, I just know that how bad this sucks for anybody in an organization. Like St- Steven Silas is actually uniquely built to go through a situation like this because of what we went through in Charlotte. Like he's been part of 
the worst of the worst rebuilding situations. Mm -hmm. So he is sort of uniquely suited to lead a team through this because he's seen how to handle it and how not to handle it. But it's just a miserable existence. Just going in and no, and like not feeling like you can win game. It just Mm -hmm. sucks, dude. It's probably the silver lining is that Christian Wood will be back. Right. Like, I mean, you, you were solid team when he was there. So maybe it won't be totally bleak. Right. Uh, and then the Warriors. Oh, do we need to talk about Cleveland? They've won two in a row now. Yeah, they probably don't need it. They're not very good, but they're, they're a fun team. I love Colin Sexton. He's gotten so I, good. I wonder, again, he's another one who just from a skill, like when we talk about the most improved player award, watch his game last year and watch his game this year. He is one of the most improved players in the league. His stats may not be better, but he's one of the most improved. Mm-hmm. Or his stats might be better, but they may not be better to the where like you're going to give him most improved player. But if you watch his skill set, it's much better. Yeah. And Jared Allen, 26 and 18. Stuck. Got it. They have a solid core. They really do. Those two guys for sure. And we like Isaac Okoro too. You know that. Well, this... if he could, if he could develop into yeah something. Mm-hmm. They could have something there. I don't know that he's ever going to be that guy, like the go-to wing scorer, mm-hmm. but he's a good player. Uh, but, yeah, no, I really like Sex. I really like Jared Allen. Uh, Warriors beat the Pacers. That's sort of a letdown for the Pacers, I thought. Same in a similar fashion to, to Book, I thought Sabonis would come out. I mean, he had 22 and 16, but I thought come out and make a statement, Yeah, win this game after getting snubbed. Didn't happen. Um, Steph Curry, 24, 8, and 8. Good game. Warriors are playing good basketball. Steve Kerr had a comment basically talking about how people are drastically overlooking Steph Curry's defense this year because of how good he's playing on offense. Interesting. And that he's playing the best defense of his career, which is interesting. I've always thought he was a good defender. For mm-hmm. I th- I've always thought like, People always sort of assume that a guy like Steph Curry, because of his build and his size, and that he's one of the best scorers ever, that he's not a good defender. He's always been a solid defender. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's never been a negative. Uh, yeah, I also think there's this interpretation of like if you're not a like a lockdown one-on-one defender, then you're not necessarily a good defender. But he plays great team defense. Like mm-hmm. he like he plays within that Warriors defense really well, and he's active. And he plays and that hard. Makes you a good defender. And he plays hard. Like yeah, he plays hard. Like he fights pick and rolls. He just, right. he he chases guys. Like he's not and he's smart. Yeah, he's not like he's he's good in help. So and they're the eights. Like dude, it's crazy how. The East, we talked so much about how much better the East was this year, but the Warriors are 18 and 15, and they're the eight seed right now in the West. It's it's really weird to look that at. That would be an electric first-round series, by the way. Jazz Warriors. Jazz Ooh. Warriors. I would put some money on the Warriors. I'm not saying – Not I this – I mean, no. Put they, money on the Warriors for the value. The way the Jazz are playing is the way the Warriors played yeah. before they got KD. And, and now they played the same with KD. They were just, it was just a different thing, but like the way they're playing now, which is a, a, like a bunch of wing players who can just, who space the floor, pass the ball and knock down threes and just score at will. And then they're anchored by one of the best defensive players. It's very similar without. You know, the star power. Really. Well, that one of the best point guards to ever play the game. And Arguably the second or third best shooter there, but like that's that, but it's a similar thing. Like the style, play, yeah. You know, played together for a few years before they sort of emerged and became this elite team. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see that in a seven game series. So a lot of time ago. And then speaking of the Jazz, by the way, that game is official. They beat the Lakers. They are so damn good. Like, I know it's still hard to buy them as a, you know, winning the West, which really, I don't think they're going to win the, I don't, I still don't think they'll win the West, obviously if the Lakers are healthy, but, and the Lakers are not healthy right now. But my, my question from this game is Lakers have lost four in a row now. And we, at what point does it, does the losing become a concern? Yeah. Well, 
I'll tell you what was absolutely glaring to me, and you've mentioned it on here before, but Marcus All cannot move. The guy can't move <laughs> defensively. Yeah. Um, so, oh, man, I, I don't know what their schedule looks like moving forward, but they're not in a position to beat really good teams without Anthony Davis. Like, I don't even think they, they really – every single possession, it seemed like the Jazz were getting a, a good shot because they passed so well, and then they had no answer on, uh, like, when guys would – go to the rim and then just dish to go bear because Gasol can't move laterally. He just can't anymore. Yeah. Um, they play Portland, Golden State, Phoenix, and Sacramento before the break. That's not easy. That's not easy. So, yeah, to answer I mean, your they're, question. They're luck- luckily for them, Sacramento is the last game before the break. But in my experience, the last game before the break for any team is a losable game because yeah. everyone's just ready for the break. Yeah. I feel that. But to answer your question, I think th- this becomes a major concern just as soon as you know the details with Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is going to be healthy in a month, I'm not worried because I know this team's going to make the playoffs. Right, but I, I also think I said this the other day, like, okay, what if Anthony Davis is out even a couple months and they dig themselves into such a hole to where they're like the five or the six seed. Yeah. They're, I mean, that doesn't, just, you're no longer a lock to go to the finals. You're still probably beating any team in a seven game series, but it's, it becomes a lot harder. Agreed. Yeah. You may, they, they would in that scenario, make it a lot tougher on themselves, but I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not worried. I still pick them to win the West. I just, you want to hear a funny tweet? Yeah. If Luca didn't attempt as many difficult threes, his three point percentage would be higher. He's been decent and solid when it comes to three point shooting. Wow. That's special. That's special analysis right there. This is a a Twitter account that has 3000 followers. That's Twitter. Oh, here's one. Malik. Everybody. (laughs) This is funny, dude. This is pretty funny. Malik Monk is averaging 29 points and five threes per game on 48, 50, and 100% free throw shooting since being snubbed for the All Star game. (laughs) (laughs) That I agree with. Guy should be in the guy should be a starter. That's a great tweet, by the way. That's a great tweet. Oh, Twitter. Uh, All right. That's it for the games for tonight. Um, the two stories that we probably, that we can hit real quick before we wrap up. Second half schedule is out, which means the league is, I guess, now relatively confident that they're going to get through the season. It's the season is supposed to end May sixteenth. Then the play-in thing starts the next day, and then the actual playoffs start May twenty-second. Uh, but I haven't looked at the schedules, but the the two things that stuck out in the article to me were the Spurs and the Grizzlies have the most games. So not every team is playing the same amount of games because the Spurs and the Grizzlies have are each having to cram 40 games into a 68 day stretch. Wow. Now on the other end of the spectrum, somehow the Clippers only have to play 34 games in a 67 day period. And it says the NBA's goal is to have every team play its scheduled 72 games. Sources said the league is cognizant of the fact that all 30 teams might not be able to reach that number. There is limited flexibility within the schedule to add games or add dates on the calendar as the NBA wants to get the playoffs completed on time before the scheduled start of the Olympics. My question is, who's going to play in the Olympics? None of these guys want to play in the Olympics. No I think gonna- that, might, that might be in terms of ratings. Like they don't want to be competing with the Olympics, right? For like, the playoffs and the finals is what, as how I times. interpret. That's how I interpreted that. I feel I don't like know. it's different times and different fan bases, don't you? Like, I mean, I just you don't want to be competing with it. I don't know. Again, I mean, sports I feel like fans if you're, in general. If your game is, if your playoff games are like at seven and nine thirty Eastern, like mm-hmm. what's going on in the in the Olympics at that time? Nothing, right? Like, yeah. what's going on at night? I mean, I guess it's it's a it's on the other side of the planet, so I'm not sure at the time, but. I actually totally forgot about is, Are there going to be NBA dudes in the Olympics? I don't even know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think. Well, the, the, uh, t- the NBA or uh, USA basketball is playing right now in like the FIBA Americas. Mm-hmm. Who's on that team? Who? Isaiah Thomas. Oh, really? And that's kind of cool. And Joe Johnson. They went wow. six and oh. That would be a really fun story. If, if well, uh, it would be a fun story if they, now they'd probably lose, but if they took a bunch of like, Big three players, essentially, is what that is. Yeah. And just awesome. have them go out there. <laughs> but those guys would play hard because yeah, they're trying sure. to, you know I mean, what I mean? 
and the whole country would get behind them. I don't know. That would be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. I think they'd lose to some of these better Europe teams. Don't you? Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really care about like people are like trying to analyze who has the easiest schedule. Like I'm even looking at ESPN right now. Jazz have the easiest remaining strength schedule. (laughs) Really? That's Uh, cool. Yeah. I I don't know how much I, how much I put into that. Well, it's impossible this year to really gauge strength of schedule because look like, for example, you're going to, you're going to factor in the heat record. Like if you play the heat, then that factors in, but the heat haven't been healthy. And then you got to factor in like the Celtics, they haven't been healthy. So a lot of these records that you're factoring strength, the schedule don't matter because half the teams in the league haven't been healthy. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. And you don't know if you're going to run up against a team that has a couple guys out, you know, and then right, that team is exactly. not very good. Right. So like the Lakers, the Lakers have a good record, but if you get to play them right, right after all-star break or if over the next month, you have a good chance of winning. So mm-hmm. strength of schedule doesn't really mean anything right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. The last thing is this, the coaches association released a statement on this, on the T wolves firing Ryan Saunders and hiring Chris Finch. So it said, it's always bittersweet when one coach is fired and another is hired, but this is not about individual coaches, which I don't actually love that statement, but we would be remiss not to acknowledge a deeper concern and a level of disappointment with the Minnesota head coach hiring process. The NBCA understands and respects each organization's right to hire and fire whomever and whenever it chooses, but it is also our responsibility to point out when an organization fails to conduct a thorough and transparent search of candidates from a wide range of diverse backgrounds. Totally. That's right on point. That's right on target. And Gerson Rosas, who, by the way, is a minority, so you know, take that for what it is, who is their GM. It's one of the few minority GMs. Uh, is he released a statement basically saying like it's tough during the season to interview the wide range. I don't think that's the point though. I think that's kind of tone deaf to what the point is. The point is, is that they have a guy on their bench that everyone thinks should have been the head coach who's a black guy. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, so, but I, I, I'm just happy that the coaches association said anything because that was my first member when it first happened. My first thing was like, is the coaches association going to do anything here? Are they going to investigate? Are they going to do anything? Now, it still doesn't really answer my questions about talking to another team during the season before you've even fired your coach and like negotiating a multi-year deal while your other while your current coach is still coaching the team. I think yeah, that they hit on that with the word transparent in there. I mean, this was as non-transparent as possible. Yeah, but they also said this is not about individual coaches. So they're obviously it was about yeah, it was about the process of Going yeah, I think it's back. more of a, about them not hire, not at least interviewing more like diverse candidates. Yeah, and it's bullshit to say it's tough to do it during the season. The All Star break's coming up. You couldn't wait a couple games, and and everyone you can interview during the All Star break. Like, break. look, I'll say this: I think co teams should be hiring the best candidate, like the best person. But I I also don't think like the uh, the the rule that you have to that you have to interview diverse candidates it, like it, it's a weird it's a weird it's like a double-edged sword right because if you don't interview minority candidates then you're, you're not going to hire a minority candidate but requiring teams to hire minority ca- or to interview minority candidates just i feel like that ends up making a lot of teams just bring in guys that they maybe wouldn't and that's more of an indictment on the teams right like yeah. I, I just don't i don't know what the answer is I do. I know what you're saying, and I've thought about it a lot because the NFL has the the Rooney rule. The Rooney like rule, very, right? But it does get guys in the door, and you know he's shaking hands with like it makes. But like it hasn't helped the enemy, right? Like no, the NFL, I, it, you know, it definitely has not translated to the more hires a, appropriate amount of you know, like representative um, it, hires for minorities in the NFL. But I do think the rule is good in the sense that like it allows guys looking to advance their careers to make connections with high up dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy to me that um, in a sport, I mean, I, I, I don't know NFL wise because there's, I think there's so many players and whatever, but in the, in the NBA, that's like what, like 80% black, 85% black, 75% black mm-hmm. historically, not even just currently, like historically. Yeah. That, 
and historically speaking, you know, former players make good coaches that there has to be like that teams have to be told to interview black candidates. It's crazy to me. I mean, you would think that like the majority of candidates would be former players who are majority black. Okay. It's it's just weird to me that we're still at this point where it's like they have to put out a statement that they're mad that the team didn't give the black head, the black assistant coach who sits on their bench a chance to potentially be their head coach. It's crazy to me. Yeah. No, I know. I don't know much to add. I mean, we're, we're not that far removed from like an actual point blank racist owning a team. I'm not saying, I'm not saying the, uh, listen, listen, dude, there's still racists that point blank racists that own teams. Right. I'm pretty sure there's one in New York. Well, I'm just saying that's why I'm not that surprised. It's just, it's all, it's messed up. It's not, it's skewed completely and they gotta, they gotta work to get it right. You're going to tell me that you're going to tell me that there's not at least one or two of these old rich white dudes that are still running teams. I'm just saying there's none that we're absolutely a hundred percent sure of. There's none. There's no other ones that have been caught on camp on video or on audio or whatever being. That was insane. Could you imagine if that happened? It's worse. One of the, I mean, in terms of controversy, it's probably the worst moment in NBA history. I think, yeah, I think so. Right. The one that jumps into my head is Malice at the Palace, but I don't know if that was uh, pretty a bad. Fight. One, it's it, a yeah. bad fight. The I mean, power it's... that Donald Sterling held, and then, ugh, horrible. I mean, ultimately, right? It, when I look back at Malice at the Palace, was it terrible? Yes. But I think it probably, in the end, probably led to a lot of reform in terms of fans and security and all that stuff so mm-hmm. it probably needed to happen if you really look back on it like because fans, <laughs> fans fans are still as we've seen this year with oh yeah we got to hit up a uh, covid karen or whatever her name is mm-hmm. courtside karen gotta try to get her on the pod. <laughs> um but like as obviously as we've seen time and time again fans think that spending a hundred bucks on a ticket gives you the right to be a complete asshole to, to players. But like, think about like guys were running on the court during that shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like fans have always been bad, but I think there has been changes at least to try to protect the players more. And maybe it would have taken longer if Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal weren't beating and Steven Jackson weren't beating the shit out of fans. You know what the most underrated part of that whole situation was is the throw of the beer. The yeah. fact that dude listen, threw dude, a beer listen, and it hit him and there was still liquid in the cup is remarkable. Ron Artest, who since his career has ended, has become a huge advocate for mental health and uh, mental health awareness. And he's very open about all the issues he's had in his life. But when he was a player and in back then at that time, Mental health awareness was not a huge thing. And he was a crazy person. If you throw a beer in the face of a crazy person, they're going to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Like you look back on it and everyone's like, oh, he shouldn't have gone in the ground. He got a beer thrown in his face. Yeah. No, I know. I, I <laughs> like, really- <laughs> now, Steven Jackson, look now. And, and looking back on it even more so, Steven Jackson. Most people probably don't know his background. He's from Port Arthur, Texas. One of the, it's a, a city with one of the highest murder rates yearly in the United States. Grew up in one of the most dangerous cities in all. He sees his teammate running into a hostile crowd. Guy's going to go in there and swing in. I was with Jack for a year in Charlotte. He's, there's no joking about how much of a bad badass that dude is. You yeah. know. So, And then Jermaine O'Neal, guy runs on the floor with his hands up. You're getting that punched. You're getting of a fucking get right punched hook. in the face. Oh my god! <laughs> Those are real like dudes, man. Because there's a lot of guys in the NBA that in that moment would not have landed that shot. Like yeah. Jermaine O'Neal, you could tell like has fought someone before when he Clearly, landed that shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But no, yeah, but there's a lot of guys in the NBA that probably would have either like locked up try to take the guy down, like try to throw the guy down, push the guy, get like walk away, try to get security. Jermaine O'Neal was like, 
No, I got you're this. Getting, you're, getting, you're, getting myself. You're, you're getting absolutely smoked right now. What a great! I'm gonna go watch that later. Yeah, what a, me too. What a what a great moment in NBA history. Yeah, that's yeah, not maybe even a con- it's, maybe it's as, a good moment. <laughs> it's not even controversial. Like most, yeah. do people look at it as controversial? I mean, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think if I think anything, do. I think if anything, there's a lot of people who look at the suspensions that were handed down as controversial because it sort of derailed a franchise that was headed in a in a good direction. Yeah, you know, like guys were out. Like for which I guess maybe you had to do that. Kind of had to. It, yeah. a, but that team was like a perennial. That, that was a look, think about that team. Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, Jack. I think maybe a young Danny Granger. I don't know. Was he on that team? I don't know. But they were a good team every year. Good conference type, the conference championship level type mm-hmm. of team. And then after that, they went through until they got Paul George. They went through years of being awful. Yeah. So maybe that's the controversy. We'll do a separate. We'll do a bonus episode on it. Yeah. I have a sneeze. I have a sneeze. It's right at the end of the barrel here. <laughs> <coughs> oh man, that was pretty much the whole time we were talking about Malice with the Palace. That was that was. Uh, I think. Well, and then I think. I guess it's it's time to wrap it up on that. Yep. Well, we'll be back tomorrow, and I have a feeling that we're going to be much wealthier than all of you mm. listeners. I can't wait. We're closing on eleven hours away until pack drop oh my god i can't i'm not gonna be able to sleep i'm just gonna go take a long shower i gotta calm myself down yeah smart also before we wrap i just want to congratulate alex on making it through an episode in his new apartment without his computer freezing Woo! so way to go i'm proud of you i'm proud of your computer mm-hmm. that's, no, a that's good my modem i'm gonna give my modem a hug it's uh it's a good sign i think we're gonna get rich tomorrow so, Love it. and it'll make for an electric episode of NBA Morning Do. So tune in on Friday. Mm-hmm. Later. Later. Nobody builds 5G. Like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.